Yeah, and that's a good point. And let's step back for a moment. You know that where Canadians are buying the most, Sarah, are the top three states, sorry, where they're buying the most are three Sunbelt states. It is Florida with 38% of that $4.2 billion they invested last year. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Hey everybody, it's Sarah Larby here. You are going to be in for another great show today. We have Alain Forget, who has been with RBC for 42 plus years. He's the director and head of sales and U.S. business development, has been working with RBC for a very, very long time, holding various business and sales leadership roles in Canada, the Caribbean, and the U.S. And if you are curious about how to invest in Florida or Texas or in the U.S. in general, we actually have a great conversation about that. And there's really awesome programs, too, for Canadians to be able to use their credit to get a really good loan to value as well. And RBC has a great program for that. So I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. The other thing I wanted to let you know is we are going to be launching a lot of new things. So first of all, Inspire Beach Resort has launched as of October onward. So if you are planning an event, a retreat, a wedding or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me and we can take you on site so you can see the resort. And if you're interested in having hosting an event there, we can definitely accommodate. Or if you want to just spend a couple nights, the booking page is ready. So you can go to inspirebeachresort.com and check that out. We have adults, it's adults only. It is going to be all themed differently. We've got three cabins ready and it's awesome. So if you haven't been to the retreats this year, we are also doing another one next year which is going to be August 15th to the 17th, 2023. So if you are interested in coming to the retreat, it's an investor and entrepreneur retreat. It was awesome. We did one this year. We're going to do it again next year. So send me a message on that. And lastly, we do have some new programs, one being a midterm rental strategy program. We are launching that in November. And then the other is going to be an annual all-year program next year for all of 2023. I'm going to be doing one main course and it's going to have everything in it. So check out my website, sarahlarby.com if you are interested in that. But before we bring for the podcast, let's hear from Dahlia Barsoom on what's important today in this week from a financing standpoint. Dahlia, over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. I am getting the question of the century these days, which is, if my mortgage renewal is coming up or if I am purchasing a new property, should I take a fixed or a variable rate mortgage? To answer this question, I consulted with my rates oracle, and unfortunately, this time her crystal ball is not working. So I'm going to share my observations and thoughts on how you can make the rate decision that is right for you right now. Up until the recent Bank of Canada rate increase in September, the five years variable rates had an advantage over the five years fixed rates. This edge has since diminished. The lowest national five years uninsured variable rate right now is at 4.9. And the lowest national five years fixed rate is at 4.84. And we are not yet at the top of the hill for variable rate increases. Given the tone of the Bank of Canada during the last meeting, that inflation is still persistent, although 
the average core inflation dropped to 5.23 from a revised record high of 5.43 in July. The market now expects that there will be another estimated 75 points off increase to the Bank of Canada's overnight trade by the end of 2022. It is likely that this will be the last round of increases, but the final decision, as we all know, will be guided by where inflation, unemployment, and GDP are at at the end of the year. If history repeats itself, the central banks eventually lift off their feet off the brakes to re-stimulate the economy once inflation is in check. This won't happen anytime soon, but it is possibly going to happen sometime in 2024, according to many industry experts. With this in mind, although the five years fixed rates right now seem to be more attractive, if you choose to go with a five years fixed term, you would be locking in at the height of the rate cycle. If you can't sleep at night or want the certainty of having a fixed payment, I suggest one of two options right now. The first option is to go with a shorter term fixed rate of a one or a two years term, or to take a five years variable rate mortgage with a fixed payment. And when the prime rate goes up, your payment will remain stable, but the allocation of how much goes towards principal versus interest changes. When rates go up, more goes towards interest. If you can sleep at night and you want to stay on track of paying down your mortgage as rates rise, then stick with an adjustable rate mortgage as the payment will change as the rates change and you would still pay down principal as per the original plan and as per your original amortization schedule. With the variable or adjustable rate mortgage options, you will position yourself to benefit from the savings that will kick in once the rate starts to go down again in the future for the remaining term of the mortgage. For the one to two years fixed rate choices, you will likely have more attractive rate options to select from in the future at the end of the term. If you are selling a property and buying a new one and the closing is within 90 days, I would like to remind you of something very, very important right now. I'd like to remind you that you may be standing on gold and that you may be able to port a very attractive low rate fixed mortgage or a great variable rate mortgage with a great discount from your previous property over to the new property. So check with your lender if your mortgage is portable and you will have to qualify to port it. So do not discount that option and think that you must break away from the previous mortgage and get a new one at today's rates. If you have a mortgage coming up for renewal in the next six months, my suggestion is to look into that renewal early on and not wait for the last minute. So this way you can benefit from locking in options now and being ahead of the curve of any future rate increases. If you're looking for guidance on your rate choice, or if you have a renewal coming up and you're looking to explore your options, feel free to reach out to myself and my team at info at streetwisemortgages.com and we would be happy to guide you. Awesome, Dahlia. Thank you so much. So much great insights. 
Guys, reach out to Streetwise Mortgages if you haven't yet. They are awesome and they helped me retire back in 2020. On that note, let's bring in Alain and figure out how to invest and what programs there are available to Canadians for investing in the U.S. Alain, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Glad to be with you today. I will say you are the only podcast I'm recording during my summer break, but I think the topic is very important. I think it's all we're thinking with everything that's been happening in the last couple of years and, and potentially some uncertainty in the economy. And we're going to be talking about investing in the U.S. and, and Florida and how to do that as Canadians. But before we get into that, I mean, you didn't just decide to do this last year. You have a lot of experience. Give us a little bit of information, like what it is that you do and, and your experience just to get an idea. Sure, Sarah. And again, I appreciate that. I feel privileged to be with you this, of course, this summer. So yeah, basically I worked for RBC kind of for 44 years as of yesterday, and I am based in the U.S. since 22 years. So half of my career down South, I am director, national director of business development for RBC Bank USA, which is a fully owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada, helping Canadians to navigate the cross-border financing, banking, legal tax, and all the issues related with the lifestyle, the cross-border lifestyle. So I based in South Florida and personally, I mean, I want to share with you and your listeners the experience experience, the personal experience I gained over the last 22 years, as well as my professional experience. I am also a certified international property specialist. I have my real estate license for the state of Florida, just to be more knowledgeable and, and be able to share insights with real estate professionals, Canadian consumers, Canadian investors, and, and my RBC, of course, partners. Amazing. So you, you've been doing this for many, many years, and it sounds like you're helping a lot of Canadians make that leap forward. Let's go through maybe some of the, the challenges. So let's just say, for example, like me, personally, I'm actually looking into Florida myself. I think we were talking a little bit about that in the beginning, but what are some things? Cause obviously it's not the same. It's not the same financing. It's not, there's, there's similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. Just give us like a, maybe a general overview of like, what are some of the things that we need to be aware of before going ahead and, and making purchases? Sure, Sarah. And actually, you just mentioned one of the key issues related with the cross-border real estate purchase or transaction is to understand that the U.S. is a different country with different set of laws, rules, regulations, business practices, terminology. So all of that, I got it. I mean, it looks like Canada, but it is different. So it's important to do your homework and to do your, your search and, and get also access to resources, tools, insights, everything that you need from a good foundation to start your cross-border journey. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Where, where are some resources that people can start learning? I mean, obviously there's yourself. Are there specific, I don't know, sites or people that they want to connect with on their team to have those initial conversations? Certainly, and Sarah, that's really important to understand that education and, and again, advice and resources are key in that, that journey. So yes, RBC Bank, we actually started a cross-border strategy about 18 years ago. I was had the opportunity, I should say, to start a strategy to help Canadians to navigate through those issues and, and of course, to help them to access and buy real estate in the U.S., so basically, we have, over the last few years, we have developed, I will say, a hub of resources, tools, advice, insights, everything they need to, to look at a way that a more educated approach to their own U.S. home ownership journey. So we call it from dream 
to doorstep. And each step of the way, we can assist the clients throughout this process. However, here's the key things too. This, this, I will share a link that has a lot of content, including like a guide, an e-guide to how to buy in the U.S. What are the, con the key considerations or the key issues of cross-border for Canadians owning U.S. real estate? It also includes some advice on other topics. So it's very holistic. It is like legal, tax, estate, things that, you know, financing differences and understanding that, yes, all this is available but where to find it. So we want to make it like easier for Canadians to start on, on the right base of that process. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, are you looking for a reliable contractor for your next Burr multifamily conversion or flip project? Somebody who understands how to work with investors and also real estate investing itself. I've personally partnered with Lee Pollock from Wise Construction. We're actively doing many projects together in Hamilton and Welland, so things like smaller three and four unit conversions and also some larger buildings where we're converting some large empty commercial spaces into residential units. And it's always been important to meet a partner and hire a contractor who does not only high quality work, but is on time and on budget. And it's also a huge bonus that they have their own in-house trades, employees and a warehouse full of building materials so that they can avoid the many labor and material shortages that we hear about often these days. A good project done on time, on budget and with high quality work will be key to the success of your Burr multifamily conversion or flip projects. So to connect with Lee from Wise Construction, text or phone him at 416-525-5951. Again, that is 416-525-5951. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. That's amazing. So we'll add that link to the show notes so that, you know, anybody listening to this can access it. Cause essentially that's where a lot of the information is. It's almost like you don't know what you don't know in the beginning. And then you know that there's which items you don't know about, and then you, you become to, then you, you know what you know, but there's a lot of stuff as you're going into new markets that you don't know where you don't know. But I, I want to dig into a couple of things. I want to dig into the financing, obviously, because you're, you work at RBC, you've been there for, for many, many years. Maybe let's, let's go through like what the financing looks like. Are we buying these properties hundred percent cash? Is there a way to, I think, you know, like obviously create some kind of credits because Canadian credit, I don't think transfers over, but you can let me know if I'm wrong to the U S but like, how do we, qualify for this or are we doing some kind of just cash deal and then building from there sure exactly Sarah. actually on the financing side my personal experience when i came in the u.s 20 in 2000 actually i got a first mortgage and and i didn't know i, I thought it was the same thing and all that and at that time we didn't have this cross-border strategy. So I had to deal with the U.S. bank. I had to pay a premium on my interest rate. I had to deal with a long process and all that. So I learned a lot. I, I've done, like you, several real estate transactions in the last several years. I learn each time. It's a, an experience personally, but professionally, here's, here's the thing. I, it, there are differences, but the good news for Canadians uh, Sarah, is the fact that, yes, they can have access to U.S. financing, to purchase a property. And this is why RBC Bank, we are a national residential lender just for Canadians. 
So we're here to help them to access real estate in America. So what we do is we qualify them based on their credit story from Canada because we are part of the big RBC family. So we pull the credit story from Canada. We take their, uh, of course, Canadian income, assets, debt, to qualify them for a U.S. mortgage. So that mortgage is in U.S. dollar and it's with RBC Bank as a national residential lender. So they can also tap for their down payment from their equity on their primary home in Canada with their own line of credit, of course. And that's one thing that we can also consider. So I, I can share more details about each program we have, but we have to remember that as a residential lender, we look at first a primary home, Canadians moving to the US, living in, and of course working here as expats like myself, or a second home, vacation home, slash also investment properties. And then we, we can define a little bit more details on each of those programs. That is interesting. I mean, obviously there's lots of questions, but I would say for more information, I'm sure but they can, they can reach out to you directly, but what are like for typical like loan, maybe loan to values? Are we looking at similar to, to Canada, like 80% loan to value on, on typical residential, or are we looking at something different? No, you're exactly right. Similar to what Canada uh, RBC or other lenders can do. But for example, in the US for a second home or primary home, it's 20% down. So 80% loan to value for a second home. So as a residential lender, we can also look at opportunity for Canadians to buy maybe one investment properties beside, let's say, a second home. And let me define quickly second home, because a lot of Canadians, especially with the last few years, what we experienced, are looking for a cross-border lifestyle, are looking for an escape or mm -hmm. work away from home, from Florida, Arizona, and the Sunbelt states. And that lifestyle is also accessible because basically they can work from here. I've seen more Canadians move, coming here for several months, working from here in CLA. I'm so happy. I'm working with my team in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, and, I, and, and I'm under the sun and I can go out and, you know, what happened as well as me. So the last two years. So this yeah. is... This is really where they can use the property for their personal needs for at least two months. And then if they want, when they're not using it, they can, based on their bylaw of the HOAs and things mm -hmm. like that, but of course, if they have the opportunity to rent, they can rent while they're not using the property, as long as they use it personally for their family for two months. Okay. So they, they can generate the U.S. rental income, but it, it's still considered second home. So just quickly on the investment property side, it needs non-owner occupied. They just buy and rent for long-term lease or short-term and they don't use it at all. That will require 25% or 40% depending on their credit score. So about 75% loan to value and the rate will have a premium of 1% compared with a second home. It is interesting. And especially because you're bringing short-term rentals in. And I know from a fact, most banks don't like and don't factor in short-term rentals. So is that something that you guys are looking at? Or do you kind of try to see if it works as a market rent, long-term rental first and foremost to decide if you're going to lend it to them as an investment property? Yeah. And that's a good point. And let's step back for a moment. You know that where Canadians are buying the most, Sarah, are the top three, the top three states, sorry, where they're buying the most are three Sunbelt states. Mm -hmm. So first is Florida with 38% of that 4.2 billion they invested last year. So 38% of that is in the Sunshine State. Second is Arizona. Third is California. So 
Beside the last one, but the top two, Arizona and Florida, I mean, they have a lot of long-term rental, strong long-term rental and short-term rental market, as you know. Mm -hmm. So this is really where, yes, it's possible for them to rent if they want that. However, as a lender, RBC Bank, because we're a residential lender, we're going to qualify them on their mainly their permanent earnings from Canada and all that, we will not allocate to qualify them the potential rental, short-term rental income they may do with VRBO and Airbnb or whatever. So, so this is why for us, I mean, we qualify them on credit story, credit score, their income from Canada. So basically everything they earn and, and it's good, they can cover their cost of the property cost throughout the year. And I will say, Sarah, over the last few years, that's the, the style, the, I mean, the profile of investors we yeah. have seen is people who just don't necessarily want to invest in real estate, but want to use, enjoy, and also make you know an income, of course, a cash flow on their income and cover their expenses. And as of course, over the last two years, I mean, 25 to 35% increased value on those properties, similar to the big, of course, metro market in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just going back to what you said, it's now, I think it before COVID and before the pandemic, like people were going into the office and, and I don't know if it's ever going to go back fully to everybody going back into the office, but it allows, I think a lot of people to be able to work remotely from wherever. Right. And so I'm still dabbling a little bit. I do take the summers off, but I'm at my cottage. And so we're doing this from the cottage. I don't need to be physically somewhere, but there's a lot of people that are going to be in similar situations where it doesn't matter if they're in Florida or Arizona or Ontario or BC or, or wherever, they're still going to be able to get stuff done. So I think it's a great opportunity now looking here and, and let's talk about rates for a second. We'll stick to the financing thing and then we'll move into the realtor side of things. But rates are going up, obviously, in Canada. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to similar in the U.S. Um, the market is softening a little bit that we're seeing here. What are you seeing in the U.S. in comparison? Is it similar? Anything that we should be looking out for? Sure. If we talk about trends, I will say over the last two years, the real estate trends are, have been quite similar to what you have experienced in the GTA or Vancouver middle markets in Canada. So here's the thing though. Of course, in, in the US, especially in states like Arizona, Texas, Florida, you have seen a big, huge migration from the north to the south. People moving from state uh, New York to down to Florida. So of, of course, it has shortage of inventory. Prices went up and multi, multiple offers and all that. So of course, this is similar to what you have also experienced in, in Canada. But, but the thing is, when you look at the Canadians looking to, to buy property, they have to be ready to deal with a still tight market, but higher interest rate, obviously, in the last few months. So our prime rate in the U.S. is 4% right now. So it's a little bit higher than yours. Long-term rates are also going up as we all know. So the rates currently for a second home, as an example, are between like five and five and a half percent. And here's the thing in the US, there is no stress test. There is all the loans are 30 year amortization and we offer terms of three, five, seven, 10 years. So a three year term will be about five ish percent. And of course, a 10 year term will be. Here's the, new, the good news though. All mortgages in the US, Sarah, are opened mortgage. So at any time, if you love the rate, let's say a five and a half for a 10 year term. And after five years, you want to repay that loan or you want to put a lump sum or reduce, you can do it without any prepayment penalty. That's a, another difference. Mm -hmm. So you don't, and, and then the other thing too, is when you renew your term, 
it's, uh, there is no closing cost for the renewal, but it's going to be based on the rate at that time to renew for another term. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Are you looking to sell but don't want to move? Did you know that with Sell Rent Stays program, you can get paid and remain in your home? Life sometimes throws curveballs at us where we need to access the cash tied up in our homes. With Sell Rent Stay, you can get access to your home's equity without the hassle of moving from the house you call your home. Sell Rent Stay works with each client on a case-by-case basis to determine the value to be paid for your home. To learn more, visit www.sellrentstay.com. And now back to the show. What if the rate goes down and you've got a 10-year mortgage? Can you break it to go to the lower rate or are there fees for that? Okay, actually, you're right. There, you can do it before the end of the term, mm-hmm. but you have to do a kind of a cost-benefit analysis because obviously, depending on yeah. the, the rate difference, it is possible because you always, in the U.S., you always have what we call the closing cost. And closing costs are not necessarily lender cost only. Our third-party fees, taxes, example, you have, I think, the land tax in Ontario. Quebec has the gave new welcome tax. So those kind of third-party taxes and fees are similar. Like the state of Florida has a STEM tax fee of 0.7%. And, or if you look at also like title insurance, things like that. So here in the US, we try to bulk all those third-party fees from lender appraisals, tax third parties and all that. So we, we call that closing cost. And in Florida, as an example, it's between around 3% rule of thumb, just briefly for mm-hmm. everything. So you have to consider, so if you refi, then for a better rate, you have to consider that you will have, unfortunately, to deal with those closing costs. Again, state like uh, Arizona will be a little lower, more in the two-ish percent. And of course, California will be like in 5% closing cost, more or less. Okay. All right. It's good. So you kind of just weigh the pros and cons and see if it makes sense based on the on the rates. Exactly. Um, now, obviously, there's... I'm going to compare it to Canada, but when we're closing in a corporation or we're closing in our name, some lenders don't care. Some lenders have better terms. With RBC buying in the US, are you suggesting that people do an LLC, a corporation, or how does that work or close in their personal names? And what are the pros and cons? Sure. And and really the ownership structure in the US is also very critical from a non-US person or from a Canadian standpoint. So we, as part of our resources and tools, like I mentioned before, we call it Home Plus Advantage Program. We have included a number of key approved, trusted, cross-border legal tax experts. Some of them are Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and those external partners can provide advice to the specific issues and family circumstances and all that of any Canadians looking to buy. Because like Sarah, depending on all that, the facts, it can be a different. If the purpose is more to rent than to use personally and all that. So there are another, a, a number of ownership structures that we can consider. However, from a Canadian standpoint, LLCs, not necessarily the best option for Canadians because of double taxation and high rate and all that. So it's always important to look at on the legal side or covering any risk if mm-hmm. you rent on the same side to balance too on the tax side that if you have a capital gain or a rental income that you want to mitigate 
to, to have the best structure, the, the, the most productive structure from a tax standpoint. So this is why we strongly recommend for any Canadians looking to buy, to take advantage of those external resources. And because the relationship we have with them long-term and all that, they are specialized to help Canadians to understand the legal tax estate issues and look at their best options. Mm-hmm. And usually because they, if they come through this program with RBC Bank, they have a first consultation is on a courtesy basis too. Amazing. So it sounds like you're all set up, right? Like a one-stop shop. I mean, you, you do the realtor stuff for Florida. I think you, you do the banking, I think probably for, for across across the US and then you've got your team in place. So let's, let's talk about the markets and the markets that maybe, uh, so I don't know fl- much about Florida. I mean, other than the map and I've been there a few times, not throughout the, 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 the states, but what are some areas that you're like, these are really good for Canadian investors, maybe from a, a long-term standpoint, from a cash flow standpoint, like what are you seeing, you know, in that market? Okay, sure. So just before talking about the market trends, I'd like just to share one last resort that is very key. RBC Bank, we have our cross-border mortgage advisors. This team is centralized and we work remotely, obviously, from the Canadians from all over Canada. So they are centralized there, but we they only work with Canadians. Mm-hmm. So they understand those differences and those expectations. So for example, in the US, as you probably know already, it's between 40 and 45 days from application to closing. And, and of course, Canadians are not used to that. I mean, a week, 10 days is like done deal and it's closed. So this is how they can work through those issues step of the way and guide them through the other results resources than I was talking, like legal taxes, the client has questions, how should I own? Of course, we're bankers, we're lenders, so we cannot provide direct advice on those legal tax estate issues, but we have resources to share and, and refer them to. So back to your question on, on the market side, I will say, Sarah, that again, the three top states, Florida, Arizona, California, it represents about, represent about 70% of all the purchases done by Canadians last year for $4.2 billion. So with that said, I will say the big difference is the affordability. Because even if the market went up 25, 30, 35, even at some areas, 40% over the last two years, increasing value, increased value, Canadian, I mean, they still, if they come from GTA, from Ontario, for example, or from Metro Market, Vancouver, Montreal, they're going to see that real estate is still affordable in Florida, despite that increase. So with that, they look at their option if they want to rent for themselves, their needs, their lifestyle. But at the same time, if they want to rent, there are some markets that offers a lot of opportunities, offers a lot of opportunities for rental. Like me, strong long-term strong short-term in those Sunbelt states like Florida and Arizona. So for instance, a market, just as an example, like Orlando has a lot of new build, a lot of new construction, a lot of short-term zoning. And I I say short-term because obviously if somebody wants to rent their property for a week with a property manager locally there, in, in Orlando, they can do it more easily than other markets like Southwest Florida or Southeast Florida, mm-hmm. where it's more homeowner association, HOAs that will say, no, you can rent two times a year, the three months minimum, all that. So Orlando market has that. And remember that Orlando market, because of the team parts and everything else, has full 
year-long visitors flow. So that's also helped them to rent. If you can use it, like I said, for a few months for themselves, a week or two back and forth with kids and then rent while they're not using. So that's what we have seen in terms of, of, of trends. And of course, if you want the lifestyle on a high-rise condo near the beach and all that, you're going to pay the premium per square foot like $800, $900, $1,000 per square foot, like similar to, to Toronto. However, in inland, in beautiful community, golf and country club, and that, like three, four bedroom home in a beautiful community inland can be half a million dollars. And that could be a two, two, 2,000 to 2,200 square foot square foot, you know, home. So depending of what you're looking, you have to look at, and, and one thing that in our Home Plus Advantage program we have, it's an MLS. And that MLS link allow you to do your search in a specific area market. You look at the price point of those properties, what you can buy, let's say, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, compared to Orlando or compared to Naples, Florida. Compare, look at it and see that. And, and most of the Canadians are very surprised that the affordability of those properties with the lifestyle, the weather, and all inclusive, as you know, what Florida can offer, mm-hmm. makes a big difference. I, a lot of time I speak with uh, clients from Ontario and elsewhere, and they say, Helene, this is five, $600,000 properties. That will be a million, two, a million, three, a million and a half in, in Ontario. So, so this is why it's still, and yes, it is in US dollar. And just as an example, the average home price in Florida right now is just shy of $400,000 US, so three ninety six. And of course, you Canada is what close to seven hundred thousand, I think, nationwide. So you can see what are the opportunities too. And this is why looking at U.S. financing is also can help them to mitigate the impact of the currency exchange too. Right. Okay. That's 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 so interesting. So as you're as you're talking, so like I don't know, but I, I do a lot of the bird deals, right? So buy, renovate rent refinance repeats because in in Ontario, as an example, it works really well where you can increase the value and then you can recycle your money and then you can go again rather than just doing a buy and hold and and rent. What, What is the appetite or what is the opportunity in Florida to take the BRRRR strategy uh, and, and do that in a market where you can recycle your money and keep going and scaling with maybe some or all of the original cash? Yes. And actually, that's another profile of investor we've seen over the last few years is they said that I want to buy, I need to improve that property. I want to give value to that property. I will say there it's a little bit more difficult or challenging to get financing because, again, we are residential lenders. So we're not really this type of a lender that can, and unfortunately for Canadians, it might be challenging with U.S. traditional other lenders and banks because they are Canadians, unfortunately, and they will not look at their credit store in Canada and all that. So what I recommend in those situations is recycle your cash. Like if you have equity on your home equity line in Canada, for instance, you buy it, a cash, you improve it, and then when it's all done, you just get a refinancing cash out option that based on the value of the property, we will look at it from from a refinancing standpoint. As long as you don't say, hey, we have four or five properties, we're not that type of lender, but one property, two as a second home and one investment, those are things that we can certainly look at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so somebody that's looking to scale and do 10 or 20 deals 
maybe RBC or structuring it might be different, right? Maybe you ha you'll have different different businesses for a bunch of a handful at a time or something along those lines, or is that not something that you guys would do? Because there's probably a lot of people listening to this right now that say, okay, I, I want to, I want to create a business. Maybe you get a property that's not in horrible shape. So it's still bank financeable, but it's got green carpets and, and old kitchens and that kind of stuff. And, and maybe you want to create two units out of it or something along those lines where like if somebody does want to do that and do, and do it to scale, cause maybe I'm sure some people do, uh, what is your recommendation for that? I, th I think as a realtor, you'd probably love that, but from a financing standpoint, what does that look like? Yeah, actually from, from a lender standpoint, you're right. We can go up to a fourplex. So we have seen people buying a two, three, four unit apartment or condo, but they, that's for us, unfortunately, that will be like a one single standalone property. We're not there to finance, unfortunately, and for more commercial slash residential for, let's say, a portfolio of multiple properties. And that's where, I mean, it's a little bit more challenging for Canadians to get that type of financing in that current market. So they have some cash available and all that, you see opportunities and deals. But for us, one, like I said, second home slash investment, one or two, this is really kind of our type of profile. And I know it's a very niche, but we are the most competitive offering for Canadians in that I will say profile for other active investors, multiple, it's very challenging to find, you know, financing or they will have to agree to pay a big premium on the rate because you have those lenders who can look at it, but it will be like eight, nine, 10%. So once you do like, let's just say two with RBC and RBC as a realtor, you're still helping these clients, I'm sure. And RBC is like, we can't do any more. By then, would that person have built enough credit, though, in the U.S. to be able to potentially use that in order to scale their credit? Actually, yeah, of course, to get a starting point for them, we will pull the credit story. We're going to help them kind of to build that credit story in the U.S. too. However, Sarah, if they have properties and they rent the property, they will need what we call a TIN number for not a social security number, but a TIN for uh, tax purposes, for working with their you know, tax uh, attorney or accountant to do their US tax return. So they will need that. If they need, they, they, what they need is a social security number or, or an ITIN number to be able to capture that credit history that they are building. If not, there is no way, unfortunately, to track their, uh, this history borrowing in the U.S. However, when it, it comes to at a point that they're the getting that, then it can be carried from, from what they have done with the lender like RBC Bank USA because we're a U.S. lender slash mm -hmm. cross-border bank too. So those, those are a little bit of a challenging points there. But for us, I mean, the good thing is we pulled their Canadian story to get them started at least. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the hardest part, right? Is to get started in a foreign country or a country that you have technically other than RBC, not a whole lot of opportunities to show that you've got good credit and the ability to do that. So I think, I think that's great. So, I mean, you, you obviously have, I think, experience in all of the different parts. Now, if somebody does want to buy something with you, you help them with the RBC financing and they want to go and set it up as an Airbnb. Do you have people that you can recommend if they want to do some renovations? Do you have a, like a team that you can recommend how you set up in Florida specifically for, for investors looking to do something like this? Yes, actually do, do what I mentioned earlier, the home 
plus advantage program mm -hmm. we have a, a lot of resources there etc and not necessarily and i will say in in the way up to like a contractor or people who can do the work unfortunately this is more like with their local realtors that they can work because of course florida is quite big and, mm -hmm. and of course we're a national lender so we have also a state like i said the Arizona, California, and other state where they're buying a lot. So what we recommend is to first with own plus advantage, there is a cash reward program to connect with what we call, you know, home story, which is third party that can help them to connect with local realtors, local realtor who has been accredited to work with Canadians, who have been really trained to work with Canadians. And that's we strongly, and those realtors are from Berkshire at Away Home Services, for example. So nationwide, we have this kind of third-party relationship that can help to find a realtor that is used to work and experienced to work with Canadians in that specific market. And then that allow you to get a cash reward at closing if they have financing with us or not, as long as they re register to that program. It doesn't cost them anything, but they can save up to $6,500 US on their the closing. It's a cash, cash reward. It's not against their commission or against the, the, the closing cost. It's straight cash and it, up to 6,500. So for, to get to the maximum, it's about 1.5 million purchase, but for half a million dollars, it's around $2,000. So that is really something. And then when you establish that relationship with that local realtor with from Berkshire away, then they can help you too to find those external other resources. But from a legal tax estate, US home insurance, we do have those providers, trusted providers that we have relationship with that can help Canadians. And all that is on rbcbank.com backslash HPA for Home Plus Advantage. Amazing. And we'll add that to the show notes as well. It's tons, tons of information. I, I feel like we need to have another conversation again, and there's going to be so much more to dig into, but we're, we're coming up on time. So I think the, uh, the next part of the podcast is lightning round. You're going to answer. Everybody's gets the same questions in 20 seconds or less. Five questions. Are you ready to play? I am. Today's lightning round has been brought to you by midtermrentalproperties.ca. It is a new way to rent, make more cash flow, take back control over our investments and our portfolios using a different creative strategy and pivoting. So if you want to find out more, go to midtermrentalproperties.ca. All right. So here's question number one. What is your favorite real estate investing book? Oh, I... For me, anything international is, is my favorite. I don't have a title quick like that comes in mind, but everything about international is great for me. Amazing. All right. Question number two. I don't know if you are a podcast listener. It doesn't have to be real estate specific, but you have a favorite podcast. Um, do listen a number of them. And now I'm going to be one of your listeners for sure. As, and uh, not specifically lack of time sometimes, but I'll be there for you now. Of course. You're, you're, you're too busy helping Canadians buy investments in the, in the U S it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it is actually <laughs> number, number three, what do you do for fun? Aside from work, aside from real. Yeah. I mean, family wide, we have a beautiful granddaughter and in, in, in Denver, Colorado, we like to visit, but of course on a weekly basis, I mean, I do like to ride my bike 
road bike, do that because Florida can do it all year long. And sometimes, of course, play golf and going to the beach. But I will say that this is as a part of my workout is to ride a 30, 40, 50 kilometers in, in a weekend on my bike. Amazing. Amazing. Sounds good. You get beautiful weather pretty much all year round. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Number four, if you lost everything tomorrow, all your assets, all your money, how would you start again? Wow. I will go back to RBC and start again. <laughs> no, no, but it's just, it's just patient. My passion is again, to help Canadians to find their property, their dream home in the US and all that. So I, I think I'm going to go straight to real estate, but with my life experience and of course, personal and, and professional with RBC for 44 years on both sides of the border. I, I mean, I, I can feel like I have a lot of knowledge experience that I can right away share and help people. And, and of course, restart my financial okay. life. All right. Amazing. And final question. If somebody has $50,000, we can make it 50 US thousand dollars if you want. How would you recommend that they spend that money and they, if they want to get started? On the real estate side, you know what? They, they don't have to. That's the beauty of like a market like Florida, uh, Sarah. The, the price point can go from $150,000 small condo to $50 million. So that's the beauty here is, of course, don't expect to get a condo on the 24th floor on the beach of Fort Lauderdale for $150,000 or $200,000. But for that price point, you can find a small condo somehow, some way and, and get some financing and invest and really start to, to build. But I will say, especially with what we see, the trends and everything, I think there's a lot of opportunities in, in those kind of Sunbelt state market right now, even mm -hmm. for a small budget. Absolutely. Awesome. That was our lightning round. Alain, where can my listeners reach out, find out more? What's the best space or area to reach out? Yes. So first step I will say for them is to get pre-approved. And that's one thing we provide. And I did not mention, but I want to make the first step is first of all, to do their homework, go to rbcbank.com backslash HPA and look at the resources, learn and and, and seek this, get this insights and, and learn and that you're going to find tools, resources, and a lot of information there. However, the first step when they are ready to is set their budget. Set the budget with the pre-approval. can be done online, real, I mean, real time in terms of providing the information and within a week, you can get it. We're working on something in a few months, I will say, that this pre-approval can be done within less than a couple hours. So we're cross fingers, but for now it's about a week. And then get pre-approved. The letter is good for 120 days. Then you can start looking at the specific market using the MLS link that we have at HPA, looking at setting up maybe a relationship with a real estate, bro real estate agent locally with uh, the program. And then look at it, set the budget, get a pre-approval because it's a competitive market. So you need to be sharp when you find your dream home to be ready to at least provide that pre-approval. And it's, it is good for 120 days. So then of course, when you sign the approved contract and you, you get it, then you start the process of the application from the application to the closing, usually 45 to 60 days. Okay. Amazing. So that's for RBC, but if they want to work with you personally from a realtor state, like, are you accepting new clients? Like, or do you want people calling you from Canada? To, how is that? How does that work? 
Okay, yes, I appreciate that. But unfortunately, I'm so busy with what I do at RBC Bank as Director of Business Development because I do a lot of presentation for realtors and consumers mm -hmm. and all that. So for me, and traveling now, but it is, I don't practice directly real estate. I have my active license and CIPS, like I said, but I, I'm more there to support, be as a resource, helping them to get the insights and the resources and I connect people. But the beauty of that program Sarah, is it's based on real facts, real life experience in the last several years. And I said to my VP marketing, I said, we need to pour all that to make it easy, one-stop shop for Canadians, because it's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. And I want to, so for me, it's more to provide that kind of guidance, advice, connect with the right experts. And then from there, I'm happy for them. So that my real estate practice, Practice is more uh, from an education standpoint and better understanding the issues and opportunities. However, and better guide the real estate professional on both sides of the border and their clients. So that's really, and that's why I have two phones. I receive texts, messengers, and like you, I mean, from all over. But sometimes just some advice, some guidance to get them started. And, and after that, I mean, I'm happy we have our cross-border mortgage advisors who can take care of them each step of the way. And that's why we're here in the U.S. to help them. Amazing. Amazing. Do you mind, do you mind just repeating the website so that anybody can write it down if they missed it the first time? Sure. It's rbcbank.com backslash HPA. And there they're going to find everything we talk about. And of course, the generic website for cross-border banking or anything else, of course, to facilitate the, the, the transaction between US and Canada, it's rbcbank.com. And they can find a lot of resources and information there. And, and of course, um, Sarah, I truly appreciate this opportunity because I feel what you do educating Canadian consumers and investors on those opportunities. And I will say from a diversification, affordability, long-term investment horizon, and of course, lifestyle, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out of the border for Canadians. Amazing. It's, it's definitely on my radar and I'm planning, I'm planning to go check out some, some properties and, and see if the Burr strategy in some markets could work. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep you posted. And I thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure getting to know more about the programs that RBC has. And I love RBC. It's a great bank and we've got options now as Canadians. So thank you very much for the insights. My pleasure, Sarah. And enjoy your summer and look forward to work with you and your listeners. Thank you very much. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster 
and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.